Wastoids is now playing on our favorite streaming service, Night Flight Plus. Check out our four-episode anthology series, Big and Fried in the Sonoran Desert and New York City. It features some of our favorite live performances from bands like Wednesday, Super Crush, Portrayal of Guilt, Reptalians, and more, plus oddball skits, video segments, and more demented fun. Check out nightflight.com backslash promo code and enter Wastoids in all caps for $10 off your annual subscription. Wastoids is a lo-fi fever dream, and it's only available on Night Flight Plus. This is Wastoids. This is Wastoids. This is Wastoids. This is Wastoids. And 30 minutes later, I think we... Well, I don't even want to jinx it. I'm not even going to say anything. We're back. Flip I'm knocking on wood over here. This is episode uh, 46. Is that right? <laughs> Feels episode like it, yeah. Nine, episode 92. Yeah, we just we just did like 70-something episodes in the last 30 minutes trying to get this thing set up. Hey, but the important thing is that we're we're back and we're with all of our... All the click heads. Clicksters. Clicksters? <laughs> click, uh, I like clicksters. Yeah, I guess clickheads sounds insulting. Yeah, clickheads, clicksters. Well, clicky, we're back. Clickies. Clickies. Click clackers. Clickers. Well, we, we need to maybe work on this one a little bit before we... Well, no, let's workshop it another 20 minutes. Here yeah. On this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so we are recording in our uh, bi-coastal configuration, uh, or almost bi-coastal. I'm almost on a coast. Yeah. One state away from a coast, but close enough, because um, that state's going to fall off into the ocean, and then... It's Arizona only a matter Bay. of time until we're truly bi-coastal. But then when yeah, that happens, I think maybe mine's going to fall off, too, so I might have to move to, I don't know, where? Pennsylvania? I guess so. Geography 101? I don't know where I am. The uh, take up among the uh, the Dutch, the Dutch there in Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, we're doing our thing. Uh, I'm here in the studio at Hello Merch, and uh, I've got some reports for you. One, the desk is moved very far out because we're wiring stuff back there, and two, definitely some fresh rodent droppings on the couch this morning. Ooh, I took care of those. So. All right, it's our unofficial third host. Uh, the mouse, the mouse who lives here. Okay. I don't think it's a mouse. I think it's like, I don't even think it's a rat at this point. I think it's a, it's a master um, splinter situation. It's something large. It's something rather large. <laughs> well, I can attest that it seemed rather large based on the <laughs> droppings that I picked up this morning. It's a marsupial. Yeah. It's one of those, uh, one of those sloths. Are those rodents? Are those rodents? Sloths? In the rodent, in the rodent genus? I think they are. I think, yeah, it sounds, it sounds right. Well, we're back uh, here on the Wastoids Podcast Frequency. Uh, welcome to uh, new listeners, perhaps, uh, who are here because they enjoyed Nilsson Talks Nilsson, our show with Olivia Nilsson of the Harry Nilsson Estate. That was so much fun to put together, and I'm so glad that people are checking that out. Click Vortex is another show that we make where Sam and I talk about um, the internet, essentially. <laughs> Interesting and, things that we find on the internet. And we may talk about Nilsson at some point again. We have before. Oh, yeah. Nilsson is a recurring topic here in the Wastoids. He's a going concern. And uh, yeah, it was so so much fun to hang out with Olivia. And uh, so glad that people are checking that out. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can do more of, uh, of that in the future. We'll see. We'll see what, what, what that brings. But for now, yeah, click Vortex, our online rabbit hole excursion. <laughs> airplane overhead tim nielsen uh click vortex guest and overall great dude uh told me that every time we acknowledge the airplanes and stuff he doesn't hear it on the podcast feed so he's like yeah nobody knows what you guys are talking he's about. like yeah just just stop doing that because it doesn't matter yeah he did tell me to stop doing that but i just did it so i thought i should make a joke about it well i would like to acknowledge the the pink and green invert combination that we're rocking right now i have a green button and a pink shirt and you have a pink button and a green shirt on well i would say unplanned except that these are pretty standard um yeah it's a little be- bit of a little bit of a gamble with me but yeah i definitely knew what you'd be wearing today that's for sure 
I'm happy with the, I'm happy with the button consistency. I I've been enjoying the button consistency. I did have an interesting experience at um a couple of weeks ago at a, a dispensary here in the uh in the desert southwest and uh the uh, the woman working there asked me she she just like leaned in and she said, "Yeah, I like to freak out. So what?" <laughs> And I told her to call Wastoids, and she said, "What's that? No one's heard of that." And I was like, "Wow, Jesus!" Wait, I think I, I think I know Brutal. this person. Um, yeah, and yesterday I was at a, a juice place, and the girl goes, "I really like your alien button. What is it?" And I said, "Oh, it's you know, it's an alien." She's like, "Well, that's it." <laughs> like, what more do you want? Do you it's want an it alien. <laughs> yeah. So, um, really aggressive button um, reports out there today. Yeah. Well, hey, that's what that's what people come for. Uh, you know, you click on buttons, we click on links. I think that's it's a good all... idea for a new show, the button report. I mean, be pretty good. Saturday pretty morning good. button report. A lot there's some button talk in the Harry Nelson uh the Harry Nelson podcast, Nelson Talks Nelson. He Nelson was a big was, fan of buttons. Yeah, he was a button connoisseur. A lot of lot of good lot of good button it's 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 exciting to see it's exciting to see buttons as they enter there. I mean, you do the button t-shirt combo, which is a really, really good combo. Um, and I do my green shirts with the button combo. All my, all my green shirts have just little, little holes where I try to, you know, somehow I had a friend who asked me about that. He's like, don't all your shirts get ruined from all the button holes you put in them every day. And I'm like, no, I don't know they what don't. happens. It somehow the, the, the cotton just like morphs back into itself. That's, <laughs> But it's, it's that's so it's one of its magical properties. All of my t-shirts uh, are pretty much like that Terminator Two scene where you know the guy liquefies and turns into a <laughs> a pink wastoids t-shirt. Robert, you know the scene. Robert Patrick uh, T one thousand. Yeah. Later joined the X Files as Mulder's replacement when David Duchovny wanted too much money. That's right. Um, but that's not what we're talking about today. It's not our clicks um, today. We're, we're, we've, we've done over the last couple of weeks, we've done some themed clicks. We've had some guests, uh, but this is another one of those classic, just Sam and Jason in the click zone. No, no plan, no theme, no prep. Actually, there's more <laughs> prep this time. There's some a little prep. bit more prep. We prep. There's some prep. We're, yeah, we're, we're working on this, this inserting uh, audio thing. In, and I think I got it down. So once again, knocking We're on gonna, wood. Well, we, we can test it. Um, we can test it with my with my clicks. So I spent this weekend. First off, it's been really rainy here in in the desert, and it's been awesome. So I, um, it's been really rainy, and I have a deadline on a project. So naturally, I decided I needed to spend most of the day working on cleaning out my office because you know whenever you have a deadline that's when cleaning becomes very important and yep. you need to put off doing what you need to do as much as possible by, um, by procrastinating through, through cleaning. So I was kind of going through the office and I was working on getting my, my compact disc collection, uh, sorted. And I found myself pulling out an old favorite celebrating 20 years this year. Uh, it's Cody Chestnut, the headphone masterpiece. So let's, let's play my, uh, my first click of, uh, uh, blowouts, <laughs> upstarts, and a blowout. I think is what the song's called. <laughs> Young ones are waiting in line. Someone is trying to find it. Young upstarts wanna get in free. Just to see how good it sounds Out under the clouds, out in the streets They're willing to run, to show their belief Because I've come too far To blow out now All right, yeah. Cody Chestnut, a headphone masterpiece. Do you, so do you know this record at all? No, I actually, I think um, I was thinking of Cody Chesney. When you first started talking about this, isn't that a country Who? star? Well, okay. There's a guy named Kenny Chesney. Kenny Chesney. Well, I don't know who I was thinking of, but I'll tell you what, that it music, wasn't that music ruled and it was not what I expected. <laughs> I was expecting some, some 20 year old country music. 
Yeah, no. If you want to hear twenty year old country music, you got to head over to the Country Brothers podcast. That's right. By our friends, uh, the brothers Johnson. Uh, although clearly I clearly need about, to brush up. Although I talked about Cody Chestnut with Dewan this morning, it's another of his favorites. Both he and I have talked a lot about the importance of MTV two in terms of sort of shaping our music taste because that was really where one of the the growing up in a small town like Coolidge where I grew up, there weren't a ton of places to check out cool, interesting stuff. So MTV two, kind of a good lifeline. And I got introduced to Cody Chestnut um by watching the Strokes, uh, who did a, a 2002, uh, it was called the $2 Bill concert, which was like a series that MTV2 would do. And um, while they're playing, this super cool looking dude jumps up on the stage and kind of boogies with them. And uh, I was like, who is that guy? And then later I saw him that same, you know, very, very, very soon after saw him with the roots uh, in a video for their song, the seed 2.0, which is cover of his song, the seed, which is featured on this record, the headphone masterpiece, which as I mentioned, came out 20 years ago. It's a two disc collection, very, very low fi um, absolute smattering of genre. So there's parts of it that are like very rock. There's parts of it that are kind of garagey. There's some folky stuff on it. There's a lot of R and B, no country music soul. though. No, no country. That might be, that might be the one genre that Cody doesn't really dive in on this record. Um, but Cody Chestnut, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of this record, and I've been a big fan of this record for all of these 20 years. It's really weird, and it's kind of a strange thing for it to even have gotten any notice because it's it's very scattershot. Very lo-fi. I mentioned that probably three or four times already, so I could probably stop saying the term lo-fi. You but, like saying lo-fi. It sounds cool. I mean, yeah. Drum machines, chintzy, tape echo. A lot of people referred to him as something like a neo-soul guided by voices. What's this an- What's this record called that this song's on? It's called The Headphone Masterpiece. Cool. And Cody Chesna was the singer-songwriter from Atlanta, Georgia, who at this point that this record had come out had already done some time sort of in the, the major label uh, world where his band, uh, they are called the, um, the crosswalk. They got signed to Hollywood records and made a record and it languished and it never came out. I think I sent over a small track of that. So you can get a sense of what Cody was up to before he made the headphone masterpiece if we can drop that that crosswalk sample in here coming in hot Snaps a photo just for me A special favor If Picasso paints a portrait Would it be any different? The stuff is so good. I'm so excited to dig into it. So, so yeah, so the crosswalk was pretty cool too. Um, did all this time, they made the record and just that's the way so often labels seemed to function back then is you get stuck in this sort of weird limbo of like they're going to put the record out and then one day everybody who works at the label no longer works there and they go, who is this band, The Crosswalk? We don't want to put this out. And then next thing you know, Cody Chestnut is sort of out on his ass hanging out in Atlanta, Georgia, and he decides, screw it, I'm going to do my own thing. Self-records the headphone masterpiece, which... If you look up reviews of the time, the Pitchfork review is really interesting. Uh, I think that they sort of ultimately decide that they want to like the record more than they do. And, and they, they kind of make the point that if he were to whittle down these two discs into one, he'd have a real hot album on his hands. And I can't necessarily argue against that because it's two discs. It's a lot of music. A lot of it is half finished or seemingly incomplete there are some shockingly misogynistic songs on this record uh very very uh kind of playing with that trope of like the bad blues man rudy ray moore kind of 
thing where he's he's being intentionally very very offensive um anyway it's a it's it's a really nuts record and it was a lot of fun revisiting it this week very cool very um very all over the map and there are a couple songs from it that there's a song called look looks good in leather which was the big hit for 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 Cody and that actually got him on the MTV2 not just his appearances with the Roots and with uh the Strokes so yeah pretty cool pretty cool stuff Dewan mentioned to me that there's a fantastic Questlove interview with uh Cody Chestnut who is still very very active he did a song for Pixar's movie Soul which was a big deal for him obviously nice. so yeah I'm looking forward to digging into this because sounds cool. Cody- Cody Chestnut, super cool, super interesting artist, and has been making a lot of a lot of stuff. Kind of like went away for a while, came back, and has none of the records are quite as um, like uh, diverse and and scattershot as this one. He definitely settles into his craftsman. Would you mode. say the new ones are a little less lo-fi? I wasn't going to say that word anymore, but yeah, I would. They definitely are. And his contributions to Pixar's soul are very high fidelity. So you don't have to worry about that. But I love drum machines and I love repetitive bass lines and I love guitars that are scratchy and a little bit blown out. Um, But one of the good stuff like that on your record. Well, yeah, I mean, this was a huge remains like a huge, huge uh, influence when my old band in the mid 2000s toured uh, a little bit we did some shows on the west coast and this was in the uh this was in the Mazda 6 that we toured in nice <laughs> you know classic, you remember the classic tour vehicle <laughs> Mazda yeah, 6 that's what everybody you know uh <laughs> if I had a dollar for every Mazda 6 i toured in yeah you know boy would i be broke it was one of those great situations where there were three people in the Mazda six and all our gear and, uh, all of the gear required folding down two of the three back seats, um, to sort of, uh, wedge a speaker cabinet back there. Uh, the base, the base rig, our instruments, all the drums had to be Russian dolled. So all the heads were taken off and all the drums were stacked in the other drums. Fine. <laughs> it was a, it was a pretty it was a pretty bleak situation, and the, we only came uh, really close to physical violence one night while dismantling the drums uh, or reassembling them. I don't remember which. That's was a pretty the, good average, I would say. Yeah, we're pretty we're pretty sweet guys. Actually, we're all pretty pretty uh, loving to each other. Uh, all things considered, and uh, we listened to the headphone masterpiece a lot. Something I was thinking about while I was re-examining this, I drove around listening to this CD and then uh, went over to the wiki and started looking at it and realized that, like, despite the fact that it is very um, uh, home recorded and very scrappy, you see how I'm dancing around yeah, saying, "It's okay, you can say, you can say, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it again." Uh, despite all that, it still sounds great, and there is something that that there's something to that. So I'm looking at it. It's like, who, who mastered this record? Um, mastering is one of those funny terms that it's very hard to sometimes know what it even is and what the masterer is doing other than making it sound good, which is what I asked a masterer, Brian Sulpizio to do to my record. And he obliged, but I don't know exactly what he did. Yeah. Don't Um, ask. That's not a, that's not a popular question with, with masterers. Well, they got to maintain that cult of, of, yeah, of mystery we do our thing don't worry about it yeah exactly just 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 make sure the check you just go play your little song all right (laughs) well so the guy who said that to cody on this record was a gentleman named brian gardner who's known professionally as brian big bass gardener and um and i so i'm like okay let's see what let's see what old big bass is this guy's better this guy better have a big bass this guy has produced or mas- has mastered a lot of artists. And I'm going to read off some of the artists that were listed on his old website. Michael Jackson. Has Never heard of him? him. Tupac. Mm, vaguely familiar. Beck. 50 Cent. Mm, Lincoln Park. Me. Yes. In Vogue. Absolutely. 50 Cent. Wait, didn't you Mary J. Blige. <laughs> Did I say 50 Cent twice? I don't know. A whole dollar. <laughs> 
<laughs> Christina Aguilera, Blink-182, Pink, Nelly Furtado, who you posted on your stories the other day, and I laughed really hard when I saw the <laughs> I'm Like a Bird thing. I love that song. Enrique Iglesias. Did I already Ooh. say Rush? Because no. Rush is on here, too. So, more that's recently... Quite, that's, that's quite the uh, list. <laughs> this dude's nuts. More recently, he's done all sorts of interesting stuff. Uh, he did the Dre album, Compton, the one that took you know, a hundred years to come out. He's done a bunch of Tyler, the creator stuff. So Brian, big bass Gardner, he knows what he's doing. This dude is legit, extremely legit. So I was poking around his, his discography. And I mean, just think about you're the guy who's in charge of making Blink-182 and Eminem sound (laughs) great. I mean, it's, 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 it's insane to think about these people who, who, really do put the finishing gloss on these records. They're responsible for a lot of what we. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what they do, but it it does work. It's that, it's that like consistency that they bring, you know, everything just gets leveled out. And I'm I'm assuming big bass has some, some real good bass tones that he can bring out without getting too, uh, too distracting. That's right. That's right. So I'm, I'm poking around and I'm like, okay, I can see that big bass is legit. Um, and I, Another record in his discography jumps out at me, uh, a record that will be celebrating its 20th anniversary next year, right around the same time that I'm getting really into Cody Chestnut due to MTV2. I'm certainly getting into Outkast. Brian Big Bass worked on one half of Outkast's Speaker Box, The Love Below, the group's fifth album from 2003. Obviously, Speaker Box, The Love Below, huge hit record. I mean, hard to imagine a record being any bigger than this record was. And such a cool concept, too. Still remains to this day one of my favorite things. Where they basically, you know, the two artists in this duo kind of each helmed their own side of it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it wasn't that the idea, like they each sort of did a solo record, but they're like, why don't we just release this as an outcast record? Yeah, and they both are on, you know, they cross over too. Yeah. So it's like you get everything you you love. I was already a fan of Outkast when this record came out. Um, they were one of the first, like, probably like a lot of people my age. They were one of the, the hip-hop records that, I, like, kind of everybody got on. You know, it wasn't like just just rap fans were into this one. So, I mean, a super cool thing where the two of them each handled their own their own solo album. But what's really interesting is that um, they even worked with two different masterers on the two different halves of the album. Okay. So Brian Big Bass does Andre's The Love Below portion. Okay. And um, so let's take a listen to some of Brian Big Bass's work by checking out that song Prototype. Oh, I I have bust, (laughs) but we'll go, we'll go prototype. Get a sense of that that big bass. Some big there. bass going on there. Bringing some of that Stankonia back. I just love this so, so much. It does the whole thing, the, you know, were you just recording now? And it's like, I wonder if all that's real or if it was just totally in the in the moment or if it was all staged. But it, I don't care one way or the other. Either way, it's awesome. Man, this is such a good that's record. A- I've not listened to it in a while. I had to take a breather from, uh, you know, Hey Ya and, and a lot of other well, really so good I wrote- songs on there. So I wrote in my notes, I wrote that, I mean, uh, first off, yes, incredible record. Uh, other stuff on this Andre half, Love Hater, so good. Uh, happy Valentine's Day. I just dig, I dig it so much. But I did write in my note that, I wrote in my notes that Hey Ya kind of took a beating as a song. Um, just a little hey bit. One of those, hey Ya is one of those songs where, have you ever covered Hey Ya in any in any yes, of course. situation? I, did anybody not cover Hey Ya? Like if you had a guitar or anything, 
in I, in the last my teen- 20 yeah. years you've done that yeah my teenage band absolutely covered hey ya uh, and when we did uh, people like lost their shit uh, over it and we sucked so i mean that's i remember a being on tour with i thought it was the get up kids but now that i think about it i think it was actually new amsterdam's which is the one of the Matt, Matt Pryor's other, Matt Pryor's other side, his side project. And I'm yeah. pretty sure he covered Hey Ya. Uh, and that was even, you know, four years later or something. And it was still, it's, it still wasn't played out at that point. Like that's how big of a song that was. It's just, it's such a good, it's such a good, um, it's such a good song. And it is great. Was a, was a cool moment. The video was a absolute phenomenon. Um, Andre shouting out the hives as like an inspiration was so cool. I remember feeling like this is great. All of this music, rap, rock, garage rock, whatever. It's all in conversation with the other genres and which is always the case really. But at that time, a record like this outcast album really underscored that for me. And so, so, so Brian big bass does the love below. um, But he worked a lot with, uh, another very well-known masterer, kind of the uh, the big boy to Brian Big Bass's Andre was a guy named Bernie Grundman, who is pretty much the guy when you talk about mastering. Okay, he is the guy who masters the big boy side of this record, Speaker Box, which is what bust is from. So let's, let's queue up bust. I did absolutely send those to you the wrong way. That's why I was questioning my notes. Ghosts and goblins run amok in the caverns of rhyme, slang and petty corruption, the seventh sign. seriously so good big boy being one of those artists who is just like when i was first into this record i was way more into andre that was that was an easier thing for for me to kind of wrap my head around this idea of he was kind of more the alt presentation okay but when i listen to it now first off that one almost sounds like it could have been like in the new metal zone. It was like, it's it, it very was, heavy. It was teetering on the new, new metal for sure. It, yeah. So, I mean, you could consider it more like, you know, psych rap or something like that, but there's so much going on on speaker box, so much mind blowing stuff, flip flop rock, which has got a great verse from Jay Z and, um, and big boy has just continued putting out records at a clip much he's much he's been much more uh, productive than andre in the sort of post outcast era he's kept making great stuff he's never stopped talking about how much he's into stuff like uh kate bush very vocal kate bush appreciator uh so anyway big boy essential to the outcast vibe such a incredible rapper such an incredible creator um big fan of that and so this, of course, leads me to Bernie Grunman's uh, credits list. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Who hasn't he mastered is a more is a better way to go about it with him. Bernie is just like his 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 list is over the top, including just so many, so many artists. Let me see if I can <laughs> pull up Gr- Grunman. So if I let's just let's, let's, play, let's play a little game. I'm going to name. I'm gonna name an artist and you you tell me if they're on there. Weezer. Okay. Okay, here we go. He's absolutely done Weezer. He's done he? all of the seasons albums. Oh yeah. man. He's cool. done three Weezer albums in 2022 alone. Dang. Gregory Porter. Uh who else do we got? He's done mastering on Ornette Coleman, Block Party, Prince, Ringo Starr. Wow, uh, a Louis Armstrong? Sure, because my next Louis my next Armstrong. thing was to try to stump you was going to be the Beatles, but I think Ringo counts. We've got All American Rejects. Uh, uh, who else do we got here? Uh, Simply Red, everybody's favorites. I'm just going to scroll way, way, way back. Get some Al 
Al D- uh, Demiola, Buena Vista Social Club. Whoa. Oh, he's also worked with Tyler, the creator. Cool. And and we're not even in the we're not even out of the 2010s yet. Uh, so Bernie is all over the map. He's done so much. He is like the main guy, and his studio is one of the studios that Brian Big Bass works out of. So um, he's awesome. And by the way, which is the one thing we didn't f- freaking queue up. Oh, oh, my God. He's worked a bunch. I'll drop it in. Like I said, there's some editing that has to be done, clearly, despite our best efforts. He's done a ton of stuff with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, including Unlimited Love, their new one. So, Which I have not listened to that yet. I've only seen the... I saw a part of the, the video, I think, but I haven't gone and actually listened to that record. You said it's good, right? Well, I mean, so there's Unlimited Love, and now there's another new Red Hot Chili Peppers record that came out on Friday called oh. Unlimited or Return to the Dream Canteen. So they've made two oh. records this year. Wow. How very, and I don't how know very if they're both of them. Yeah, I mean, this is that's the new move is put out a lot of a lot of stuff. Um I've put but out I'm no records his... this year. <laughs> that's my move. I mean, you gotta well you you have a little bit of time, but you're going to have to crank out three or four of them, I think. Yeah. Means season, uh, winter, part the, like a little farther into winter. I was just listening done to, with winter. to Rivers describe the season's concept today on a Conan O'Brien podcast. And they were, and that whole crew, Conan and whoever is his other people on that show, they're like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And he was like, wow, really? No one's ever told me that before. <laughs> so that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> like, like no one has said know that's a the... good idea. And he's gone ahead and just done it anyway. And Conan O'Brien is the first person to to think it's a good idea. He's three, he's three seasons into yeah. the project. And, and someone's finally, like, finally given idea. him <laughs> someone's finally given him the go-ahead. Um, that's incredible. Well, also though, in Bernie's uh long, long credits list. So I was I was kind of cruising through and I was focusing around the chili peppers specifically, but as he would. But I found myself drawn to a record that I had never listened to but always meant to, which came out. So we've done 2002, now then Outcast was 2003, and now we've got 2004. The group is called Ataxia and the album is called Automatic Writing. And why don't we just play that uh that's that that clip and then I'll say who's in this group. So, on the bass, we've got Joe Lolly of Fugazi. Okay, sounds very Fugazi. Makes on sense. The dr- on the drums, we've got Mr. Dot Hacker slash Bicycle Thief slash Disheveled Cuss uh, compatriot Josh Klinghoffer, who would soon join the Red Hot Chili Peppers to replace the guitarist in Ataxia, who is John Frusciante. And this was a short-lived side project that did not um, didn't didn't stick around very long. And uh, regardless, though, I listened to this record yesterday, and it sounds pretty fantastic, actually. Okay, wait. It was <laughs> yeah. I, I gotta wrap me and the listener, the listeners, and I need to wrap yeah. our heads around this one. So, let me Frusciante help. was out. in this band. It's his band. Yeah, it's his his band. And he left, and Klinghoffer joined. No, he and Klinghoffer did Ataxia together. Oh, uh, okay. Klinghoffer playing drums in Ataxia. When Klinghoffer will soon step into the Red Hot Chili Peppers as Frusciante's right. replacement. So they, I guess the Chili Peppers were like, we got to have somebody else play guitar. Maybe we should just get the guy who plays in John's bands with him and hangs out with him. So kind of a weird situation, but the only record where um, they did another, they did another uh, record together, um, which came out in 2007. But um, Joe Lawley was, he basically, he was like, yeah, 
uh, the songs would be initiated by me settling into a bass line. And while the bass line was forming, Josh would start playing and John would do something. And within a few minutes, we'd have a song. And so it's just these sort of long jams, kind of freaked, uh, weird guitar stuff. Not quite as damaged as some of Frashanti's solo stuff, which I am a big fan of. A um, little bit more rhythmically grounded in something that I would go as far as to say that if you were like a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan and you wanted to hear a more experimental version, that doesn't sound entirely far off, right? right. Except there's there's no Anthony Kiedis rapping over the top of it. So, which, is, um, which I think most people would probably be okay with. I mean, you, we've as we've said before, the dude does his thing. He knows what he's doing. He's got the mustache. He's got the weird haircut. He's got the off hat. He's ripped. He's got, <laughs> yeah, he's got the off hat. A uh, little sneaky nod towards upcoming Wastoids programming right there, right. too. Um, yeah. Keep your, uh, keep your ears to the feed for w- what we're alluding to. Anyway, so Ataxia, automatic writing, kind of a cool record. So I, I, weighed, I made my way from Cody Chestnut to Brian Big Bass Gardner, to Outcast, to Bernie Grundman, to Ataxia, Automatic Writing. So we went that's, all the way. Yeah, the that's way quite the trip. I'm feeling a little car sick. Yeah, well, I mean, we do, we do what we do. And if you're not feeling well, then we've got a commercial message. Boy, do we have the ad for you. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? Well, it's whatever you need it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work or not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. As a special offer to Waste Toys listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp dot com slash wasteoids that's better h-e-l-p dot com slash wasteoids thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode well that was a good segue and we're back yeah we're back oh boy um i guess it's my turn yeah well i uh forgot to do it this week so <laughs> um let's see what was I doing? Oh, I was going through the so end of the episode. I was doing a little house cleaning myself. I was doing, I was, I don't know what I was procrastinating, but, um, probably this episode, but I was doing some house cleaning on my Spotify playlist, playlists, um, the list of my playlist. I was going through and cleaning some stuff out. And I found that I had subscribed to a playlist called favorite vegetables, pop rocks, which, at, which I think when we were, we were talking to, uh, our friend Matthew Durkin, aka Favorite Vegetable. I asked him about this playlist that I, at the t- in my memory, he had created this. But I think what actually happened is that um, another friend of the show, Andrew Cameron Klein of the, the the group Astrologer, I believe, created this playlist for Matthew Durkin. So I was like, well, this is cool. There's going to be some good stuff on here for sure. I'll I'll keep this one. I'm not going to clear this one off my off my uh, my playlist list. So. Um, now, first of all, which I am bringing back, I'm going to bring back. First of all, I don't think I don't think before I jump in has the same the same pizzazz. I was I was thinking about it and I kind of missed it. So, first of all, I have a little bit of a side click. So this is I'm going off the rails here. I'm not gonna I'm gonna do a some two separate click sessions here. One of them's just going to be like a quick little side click, and then I'm going to go in into my into my click. So, um, but first, fantastic. Of course, my microphone's going to start making that weird noise. Um, yeah, so we were walking around, you know, as we've stated many times, I'm still in New York, currently in New York. Uh, we were walking around midtown Manhattan the other night, the city, as we like to call it. And, uh, there's this little luncheonette, which I'm sort of obsessed with. I like, 
I just like the, um, I like the New York diner. I really do. I, I miss, yeah. that's something that I wish, I wish that I could, um, go back and like just drink tons of coffee and smoke 10,000 cigarettes. And one of these things, it just sounds like the most appealing thing on earth, but we didn't do that, but we did stop into this diner for some coffee and apple pie, which, uh, Lola, Lola likes apple pie. I don't like apple pie, but I ate some in solidarity and, um, it wasn't great. Let's just say that, but the coffee was good. And while we were sitting, yeah, but there, you don't, but you don't like apple pie. I don't, I don't like it, but she loves apple pie. And she, I think she said, this is, um, I don't remember the exact term, but something like this is trash pie. <laughs> uh, so something like something of, of the sort. And it was very glossy. It had like a glossy top. And, and, and now I know that, that my daughter Lola likes, um, warm apple pie and this was cold apple pie, which was a problem. Um, uh, but either way we, we ate it, we got through it. But while we were there, um, the song came on. And uh, Anita and I were singing along and she was like, who is this? So I'm going to play it and I want to know if, if you know. You know, it's one of those songs you've heard it, you've heard it a million times, but have you ever really I, thought about who it is? It, it's, you know, there's a lot of these and this is going to be a trend that I continue with, but do you know who that is? If you had to guess, who do you think it is? Well, I mean, I know the song for sure. Right. And it, it, I want to say heart, but it's not heart. And, and I want to say that there's somebody who does a song called black velvet and it's that singer but then not that song so i don't know if i'm right well who is it well we were thinking hard but we both landed on pat benatar which immediately okay. upon landing on that um i was like no i don't i actually don't think this is <laughs> this is pat ben- benatar this doesn't have enough like i don't know there'd be it'd be it'd be more hard rock uh yeah that I think she's got some pat like mellow songs too but i was like it's not that because you know whatever so i this is where the click, you know, I was like, I'm going to have a little live click vortex session here at the table while we're drinking this coffee and eating this trash pie. So I check it out and, um, I find out that this song hardened my heart was originally released as a single once again in 1980, my favorite year by a group called seafood mama, uh, who gained some regional success in Portland, Oregon. Uh, they ended up getting a deal with Geffen and surprise, surprise. Geffen was like, Hey, Seafood Mama, maybe not the best name. Um, don't know if that one's going to work out. We really like the song. Sure. Um, needs a couple little bells and whistles and like maybe change your name. So while they're, rec- while they're re-recording this song, they come up with the name Quarter Flash, which was equally, equally terrible and uh, not very memorable, at least not for me. I, so as we were you know, discussing this, we were both kind of like, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard that name in my entire life. But I've heard this song a hundred thousand times, you know, enough so that yeah. we were like, we were singing it, like we were singing along and then we were like, who is this? Oh, it's quarter flash. Duh. Wow. Um, yeah. So there's not this, there's not a lot, you know, so this is why it didn't become like an actual click. Cause there's really not much to this band. Unfortunately, uh, that song reached number three on the billboards. Um, they sold a million records, which is great. They did. They put out two more records after, and they just like the decline, you know, it just happens. You just watch it in real time as you're reading, just like this, the second single did, you know, the first one was number three. The second one was like 54. The third one was, you know, 150 or something. And then they just get dropped. So and then you're off the charts. Yeah. yeah. Then you're, then you're off the charts. So, you know, they re- reunited and, and played some random things and, and actually even got back together and released a few more records. Um, you know, like later, I think into the nineties, cause I believe, I believe that it was like a husband wife duo. So they have remained the core of this band and, um, you know, hired some hired guns and stuff. But anyway, that's, I just was curious. I was, I wanted to play this and see if, um, if I knew, if you knew, I I wanted to see if you would land on, I was, I was hoping you would land on heart or Pat Benatar. Those were the two. Those were both, both flew through my, 
through my head. The song Black Velvet that I mentioned was by uh, Alana Miles is her. Oh, okay. Her, which it's, it's not, it's not this, but it's, it's, it's adjacent. Yeah. Right. So like I said, this one didn't really get anywhere, but I, I, it inspired my next set of clicks. So I go back to this playlist and um, I'm looking through it and there's some really good stuff on it that I am familiar with. There's stuff on it I'm not familiar with, but some of the cool songs are like Eddie and the Hot Rods, who I hadn't thought about in a very long time. Um, I don't even remember exactly why or how I know who Eddie and the Hot Rods are, but that was like a joke, some sort of inside joke back in the format days. Um, Richard Lloyd's on there. Squeeze is on there. So Drew's got some, got some really good musical taste. You know, he's dropping some good stuff, but I just hit play. I hit shuffle and a little, a little bit into this, uh, this song comes on, which I absolutely love. So, you know, production level, this thing's pretty clearly dated, but sure. as a song, it's unbelievable. Like, it's just, it's a ridiculously great pop song. Do you know who sings this one by any chance? No. Okay. So this one is, um, this song was written by a dude named Gary Burr, who has written songs for many country stars specifically, but also Ringo stars. That's my little, oh. little joke there. Uh, and, um, yeah, so, but it, this was recorded and released in 1982, again, pretty close, pretty close to the sticking in the time frame there, um, by Juice Newton, who I think oh, yeah. is another one. So Juice Newton has definitely had a long lasting career, um, did a lot of country music too. So the, there's some crossover into the country world, even, even here, I think, uh, this was this, like, you know, this Gary Burr guy was a, was country dude and a lot of the. Um, people who played on it all, all were like Nashville session people. So she was already in that, in that world. So it, arguably she's had a much more fruitful career than maybe, um, seafood mama and quarter flash did, but yeah, still one of those artists, I think for whatever reason, despite having an incredibly memorable name, juice Newton, um, s- similar thing. If you, let's see, cause hold on, I want to pull up this song because this is one that probably everybody knows. And this is a good example. I'm old enough to face the dawn. Just call me angel of the morning angel. Just touch my cheek before. So that would be a good example where like you're in a diner eating some trash pie and like that one comes on and you're like, who is this? Now I would definitely know now that it's Juice Newton. Um, right. I've listened to some Juice Newton over the years, so I, I'm a fan, but most people probably wouldn't. I mean, was that fair to say? Would you, would you think? I would, I would go as far as to say like everybody knows that song, but yeah, there's not a, probably like not one out of 10 would say it's Juice Newton. The other ones would Juice, say, mm, yeah, I'm not sure. Right. For sure. But I hadn't ever heard that more new wavy power poppy side of things, which yeah, so- I love. That yeah, I love is, that. That song's killer. You should check it out. So that song's called Love's Been a Little Bit Hard on Me. And I'm going to go back to that. The song is amazing. The video is super amazing. Um, it's a little dark. It's meant to be funny. But the the premise is uh, every time her date shows up to go out, he accidentally injures, injures her in some way. Like, I think the first way is, like, she's getting in the car. He shuts the door. And it's just, like, comically, you just see this, like, fake leg get smashed <laughs> in, the, in the car door. Um so every time it's the same shot, you just see this Mercedes pull up to the, to the house and somehow, you know, every time she gets hurt. Um, and then eventually they finally make it to the restaurant. And as he's getting distracted with the valet guy, he shuts the door and she's, she's in a wheelchair at this point. So she just goes wheelchairing backwards and it goes to the scene where she's like, like horrifically falling off a cliff, like tumbling, you know, and it's that same. If you, if you think of any God. like seventies and eighties, um, like pretty much every seventies and eighties TV show, there's that scene, which I don't know why this became a thing, but there's that scene where like 
a car just flies off a cliff and then explodes, like ridiculously explodes as soon as it hits. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You must. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's basically that, except it's a wheelchair. Um, but by the end of it, she's in the hospital. So good news. She survives that horrific fall. And Thank God. the only thing she can move is her, her face. So she's singing and she's sort of wiggling a toe. So, um, yeah, check that video, but it is actually really great. And, um, so yeah, not only did she survive that video, but she also won video of the year in 1982 for that. So another little interesting thing I picked up on that same note is just a year before she was only the third female artist in the 40th music video ever to air on MTV with, um, angel in the morning. So I think I was going to play the angel of the morning clip at that point, but we already did that. So I'll skip that. So, um, I was looking through, I, I think I mentioned a lot of the session players were, were Nashville people. Um, so was, there was just a ton there and it was like very, um, ripe with clicks just because you clicked on the drummer, you clicked on, you know, whoever, and there was 11 other people who performed on that song, which was kind of shocking. <laughs> it's not because it's a pretty, pretty yeah. basic pop, uh, pop song, but had a lot of people. And, um, so I was clicking around through, but then I see one and I'm like, I absolutely have to click on this one because I'm very familiar with this person too. And I, so I see the name Andrew Gold and Andrew Gold is another person who has a song, has many songs actually that you would, you would probably recognize. And if somebody asked you who sings this, you may not know it's Andrew Gold. And one great example of that is this. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I'm not ashamed to say. So this dude. So good. Yeah. So yeah. most most people, most people who know this song probably know it because it was the theme song from Golden Girls, which it, which was not his version. It was it was by uh, I looked it up. Cynthia Fee in 1985. Um, but it, it was, it was used as the golden girls theme song. Um, but in 1978, Andrew Gold actually had a hit with this song from his third record, um, which was titled all this in heaven too. And this was a top 40 hit. So, um, you know, I, this has been one of those songs. I have a friend that we've always just really loved this song and we'll play it at various times, you know, and have done so throughout our life where, whatever is going on. Like we'll just, if we're together, somebody will ultimately play it and we'll just be so pumped and we'll be singing. it. so, um, this is to me, it's, you know, it's again, sort of cheesy production very much, um, puts this into a particular place, but it's, it's kind of like the perfect seventies piano pop song. It's very, the, the style of it is very up my alley. I feel like I was highly influenced by, not only this song, but a lot of songs that were influenced by the song later on. And once you start getting into a lot of the like yacht rock stuff, like yacht rock piano, I would not call myself a yacht rocker by any stretch of the imagination, but has a lot of this similar type thing. There's lots of like hollow notes music that has this like kind of pounding, uh, pounding right hand piano, left hand bass note stuff. Um, for sure. For sure. I, that, I almost, Oh, go ahead. sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I almost did a bunch of clicks based on the new Todd Rundgren album, but he's somebody else who also does that. Lots a lot of that. And that, piano I think most of that originated from, you know, the Beatles trying to like, sure, do whatever, like Jerry Lee Lewis. or I mean, I guess probably ultimately originally came from Jerry Lee Lewis. And then before that, um, Little Richard and, you know, or at the same time. Anyway, it's, you know, this dude's super in- inspired by the Beatles and the Beach Boys. So I think in a lot of ways, there's, there's things like that where, um, all things that I naturally picked up and loved as a child that I'll later realize were done by people that I actually, that I, I didn't know. I make those connections later. It's like, sure. Oh, I didn't know why I liked this song. Oh, it's because, you know, Van Dyke parks produced it or something. And this, this, uh, golden girls theme song was always one that I really liked. And it, it lives in a universe that's pretty theme songy, you know, like there's lots of songs like that. Um, the greatest sure. American hero, you know, that comes to mind things in the seventies, there's lots of music like this. 
So, I, and I think that's probably because, you know, seventies and eighties, it just became like a popular thing to have this sort of style song be your theme song. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Andrew Gold, he was, he was an awesome songwriter. He was a multi-instrumentalist. He played everything. Um, he performed on dozens and dozens and dozens of records. There were a lot of things I could have clicked on, but kind of hung on here for a minute just because there were some fun things that I discovered. And, and, um, so I, I pull up his, I pull up his, uh, Wikipedia page and I look at his credits and the first thing I, I guess, yeah, let's see. I pulled a few things here. So the first thing that he's credited as, um, is the second engineer on Joni Mitchell's album blue. So he was a cool, um, wow. Songwriter. He also produced a lot of records. He engineered a lot of records. He did a lot, he, for his stuff, he did a ton of, a ton of things. Um, he played just about every single instrument on all of the great Linda Ronstadt records. So I started looking through this and I'm like, he's, he's basically John Bryan of the seventies. He yeah. has played on a lot of records, contributed so much to music, but mostly for other people and in all these different capacities, whether it's like as a session guy, as a writer, as a producer, um, he has all these really cool sounds and sensibilities. And so that's another thing I just realized, you know, it's like you do have these people every once in a while that just are like John Bryan or like Andrew Gold, where they're just super obscure, but they're also not, you know, they're just sort of hiding in the shadows and they've been everywhere, but not, not everybody knows it. So uh, right. little, little shout out to Andrew Gold for just being a, a cool dude. Um, and then another, setting the gold standard, setting the gold standard. And then uh, another very surprising thing I found out is that, um, he co-wrote and performed on three 10 CC tracks that, uh, were, was on a record called, um, from 1981 called 10 out of 10. And after that, he was, um, invited to join 10 CC, which would have been incredible. Uh, but I guess something prevented that from happening. But a couple of years later, gold joined up with gold men from 10 CC and they formed a band called wax. Have you heard that band? I haven't, I haven't heard wax at all. I have not either. So I know that there was a band called wax in the nineties. That was not this. I'm not exactly sure how they got away with that, but, um, I have not heard of wax. I didn't know that was a thing. I was super pumped. I'm like, I got to check this out. This is going to be incredible because like, you know, do I have to, do I have to point out that there's someone walking down the hall or <laughs> nobody, no, nobody's, hear it, nobody's hearing that. Um, Yes. And, you know, I love 10CC. We've talked about 10CC. Um, Graham Goldman from 10CC is a super pop songwriter, too. So I'm just like, this is going to be nuts. Um, it's very 80s. The, to me, it seems like if I had to guess on first impression, they're like, let's do something that people don't think we're going to do, you know, which seems to be what happened to a lot of these guys. Like, they were sure. trying to get out of that like super seventies bubblegum pop music stuff and just get a little bit, you know, weirder. This isn't like super weird, but I'll play it. So this is a song called, um, what is it called? Bridge to your heart. And this one stuck out because I found a lot of music videos because, you know, 10 CC, those dudes were, uh, godly and cream were making videos. I'm assuming that they were probably involved with this. If not, I want to find out who it was. Cause this is one of the coolest videos I've seen, and I've actually been um, wanting to send this to you, but didn't want to spoil the click. So check this song out. Okay. This song's called Bridge to Your Heart by Wax. So it's that, you know, it's that, it's that, that thing, um, sounds, very, the, sounds familiar, has a lot of the similar, like chords, things happening, you know, sounds that you, you know, from that era. Kind of got that synthesized Holland Oates vibe for right. sure. Yeah. So yeah. I dug good. it though. Yeah. It's, it's good. It and, great. And you got to check out this video. It's really cool. So 
where did I go from here? Oh yeah. So that was like, okay, well, what else did this dude do? What did this dude do like after the eighties or yeah, after the eighties. And I see that he had another hit with TV and he wrote, this was, I had absolutely no idea about this one. Uh, he wrote a song called final frontier. Are you familiar with this at all? So at first I was like, this is going to be some star Trek, you know, thing that Jason's going to know about. It wasn't that <laughs> at all. Uh-uh. Um, so this song Let's, I mean, you're going to know it as soon as I play it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the, the, the theme song to Mad About You. Tell me why I love you like I do. Tell me who can stop my heart as much. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Great, great song. A lot of sass. A lot of, a lot sass, of sass in, in that one. Yeah. So this, this one was later covered by Anita Baker. And that version replaced the original, which was what I just played from Andrew Gold. Um, a couple of years later, they re- they swapped it on out. On Mad About You. On Mad About You, yeah, they swapped it out and they started using the Anita Baker version. And when I looked that up, uh, it was pretty funny because I saw I found a video, a live performance of this song with Paul Reiser on piano, which I didn't I didn't know he was a, sh- a shredder, but Paul Paul Reiser playing piano. Um, it's a multi hyphenate, yeah, yeah. And uh, as the song is rolling in, it says song written by Paul Reiser and Don Waz. I was like, what? <laughs> and nothing about Andrew Gold at all. So I thought that was incredibly weird. So I looked that up and I couldn't find anything. I think that was maybe just some sort of weird power move that they were trying to trying to act like they wrote that. But I mean, maybe it was arranged by it, but even like that version of it is pretty true to the original. So that was weird. Very, very interesting. Yeah. yeah that's And uh, to you know, to close this all out, I was like, all right, well, what else? What else has this guy done? And I just keep getting one upped by this, this, uh, Andrew gold stuff in my life that I didn't know anything about. Um, gold wrote this song as well, which I would guess you may not be familiar with this one, but I, I am very much. Let's see. the halloween episode uh yeah so andrew gold wrote this song spooky scary skeletons which has gone viral on the internet m- multiple times um sure. so i guess I, di- I didn't know about the first time but i guess um you know back in the early days of 4chan this song somehow got out there and it became this thing that was passed around um and then when my daughter was young on the disney channel they would play this over this old um like skeleton, like Disney cartoon thing from like early days, you know, some super old, creepy Disney thing. Yeah. So I've had this song in my head pretty much every year, like every, every Halloween since then, it just like at some point in time, it comes, comes along and I start, you know, singing it around the house. Um, but what I also found out is this song now has, has gone like mega viral on TikTok, and there's like remixes and all these versions and like a dance that goes along to it. So, um, wow. Yeah, so it's just another example, I guess, of how incredibly infectious this dude's songs are and how he continues to to um, make his way into popular culture. So he, unfortunately, is not with us anymore. He passed away in uh, 2011, pretty early at the age of 59. So it's a bummer, but it's really cool that his music has found a way to live on. I found his website, and there's just like, a ton of stuff on there and they've done some really cool vinyl reissues of this Halloween record that he did. So check out Andrew gold. Um, check out wax, not, not, not wax from the nineties wax. Did was wax. The band that had that video. You yeah, you could. I mean, is wax the band that had the video with the dude that was on fire. Like an early, yeah, I think so. like an early spike Jones video, I think. Yeah, I think so. I know there's some like Weezer, uh, crossover there too. Right. Where, I'm uh, sure. Possibly. Maybe Scott Schreiner was in Wax. That sounds possible. It could be made up, as many people have pointed out, that we occasionally uh, occasionally don't mention pertinent info. Like, 
Durf from fear had passed away. We didn't say that in our last episode. Anyway, yeah, I know, I know, I know wax. I remember wax. Yeah. So if go- you search wax, you don't get, you get surf wax America, the Weezer. <laughs> song. Yeah. Maybe that's the Weezer <laughs> connection. They, they use the, the, the word wax is in one of their songs. So yeah, maybe that's all. <laughs> but anyway, that's, you know, I figured that was probably enough. So I just kind of ended it there. But, um, I, I dug a lot of gold out of Andrew Gold. I was not expecting to find. Wow, um, what a! It's amazing to me the idea that his songs would like because obviously, Golden Girls also had this huge internet revival and got popular with young people who weren't paying attention when it was originally on TV. So it's so cool that his stuff keeps finding its way into new generations. Also, like, ways you know, that finding- his, his name keeps finding his way into projects because he's Andrew Gold. He was in the Golden Girls. He started a band with um wow with uh, graham goldman so yeah lots lots of gold out there wow yeah so that's that's it that's i'm i'm done very very efficient clicks for me this week i i shout out to drew uh astrologer the whole astrologer crew and yeah that's a public public, public playlist out there so you can go um subscribe to that one the what did i say it was called you can search it Favorite vegetables, pop rocks, lots of good stuff on there. Excellent. Well, I'm going to definitely spin that playlist uh, right now as we uh, get this episode ready to go. Everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to, if you want to suggest something to us or or send us a, a skeleton song that you made, um, you can do so by calling one eight seven seven wasteoids. That's how you get in touch with us and. Uh, yeah, if you dig this show, do us a favor, leave us a, a rating. Like, go and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, because we'd love it if more people got into this show and we more would. people listened to us uh, ramble on about our internet adventures. So if you enjoy it, spread the word, uh, post it wherever, and uh, yeah, cool. Excellent. We did it. We did it, and I just I just realized we didn't have our little outro, so I, I think I just pulled it up. Let's see if it works. Let's see if we can fully finish this thing.